Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. There really was once a time, that time in my life because I didn't grow up being around the people and the things of God that I really was going this way. And by some miracle, God reached into my world. And he took me over here and he placed my feet on solid ground. And so I almost have this sense of like, wow, I shouldn't even be here and I don't mean as a pastor or speaking, but just as a person who's in a relationship with God, like, I was going this way. And God reached into my world. He picked me up. He placed my feet on solid ground. He put purpose in my steps. He breathed breath into my lungs. Like, I see the evidence of God's goodness uh, all over my life, and I would encourage you and challenge you to do the same if you're struggling a bit with the lens you're looking through. Today, um, my name is Serana, as Pastor Stephen mentioned. Um, I am a youth pastor to the youth fans here this morning, and uh, it's been a couple of years of doing that, and it's been so much fun, and I love Pastor Stephen and, and Pastor Brittany, who's not here today so much immensely. They are two of the first people that I kind of became friends with and had any sort of relationship with when I started coming to C3 almost six years ago now, which is crazy. And I was living in Canmore at the time, and I would drive into C3 at our other campus, and then um, a couple years later got to be a part of the launch team here at C3 Central, which at the time was East Village. And God did something so incredible in and through me being a part of this team and getting to serve under Pastor Stephen and Pastor Brittany and and to see their heart to to love and serve and walk with the people in this vicinity of the city. And if this is the church you call home, I would just encourage you, like, be all in. And I'm not saying that means do every single thing, but be all in. In your heart, show up. Do what you're gonna say. Love people, walk with people, and there's there's something so unique and special about this community. And uh, I'm so grateful for it. I wish I could be in, in two places at once, um, but sadly I cannot. We're talking about capacity this month, and my message is very practical today. And we're gonna talk about it in a moment. But I read this a couple of days ago, and you know. First and foremost, I know that I'm not, my capacity in any area of my life isn't much without Jesus. And this is what I read this week by a pastor named is Taylor Madu, you may know her, you may not, it doesn't really matter, but she says, when you neglect this secret place, he's not disappointed in you, he's disappointed for you. Right. He knows the riches that could be yours if his heart yearns 
when he sees you being deprived. He wants you to share in heaven's best and he's pain when you shortchange yourself spiritually. When Satan tricks you into skipping your secret place, instead of feeling guilty, which is a temptation for many of us, you should feel ripped off. When circumstances or emotions successfully rob your secret place, don't get guilty, get indignant. Let lovesickness take you over. And I just thought that was so beautiful. So as we look at, at capacity and some practical things in our world and how they differ, it differs from person to person. I just, I love that. And it's not out of guilt or obligation of that we spend our time in the secret place in God's word and in prayer, but it's, man, out of this desperation, I can't take a step or accomplish or walk out of my God-given purpose if I'm not spending every day, like, desperate for the food that I eat to sustain and to get through the day. That's the kind of desperation I want to have for God's yeah. word and for time in his presence daily. I'm, I'm nothing without it. And that's where the goodness in my life comes from. Yeah, it's so good. So it's great. I don't want to ramble on too, too, too long. Talking about capacity, as I said, which is kind of a popular topic in general in, in the world and culture right now, and maybe even particular in this post-COVID world where people are more perhaps aware of their time and what they're committing themselves to, maybe more of an appreciation for work-life balance. Okay, wait, do I want to spend 40 hours in the office? How much time am I spending with my family? What, like, what are my priorities and what's my capacity? Um, so this isn't a topic just we talk about in church, but in the world at large. And I think it's a great. And there's a lot of different approaches to it, but likely with the same goal. We all want to enhance our own personal quality of life to some degree and, and realizing that every moment in life is so precious. And so I love this topic, and I can go in so many different directions, and, and as we all could. Um, but I would suggest that knowing, understanding, and operating in our God-given capacities, God-given, is really what is key to functioning at our best as humans yeah. and as followers of Jesus, right? So, so let's talk about what is capacity. You may know, but let's just kind of take it back to the definition which is the maximum amount that something can contain and the maximum amount that something can produce. This is anything. This is a glass of water. It has a max capacity. If you're making spaghetti, there's only so much that that pot can hold when you add water before it begins to overflow. If you're an employer in the room, you may look at your employees and, and know that each of them have a different capacity for different things. So it's the max amount that something can contain and the max amount that something can produce. We went through a season where we had capacity limits of human beings in the room. How many people could come into a room at a certain time, even if it's safety hazards, look at buildings now currently we still have, we have fire capacities. There's limitations and boundaries to all kinds of different things in the world that we live in and operate, right? Yeah. And so like any topic, that we're looking at, there's a temptation now more than ever to look to a lot of different places to get understanding and meaning. But what, what do we want to do as followers of Jesus? First, we want to look to God. God, what yeah. do you have to right. say about capacity? What do you have to say about 
marriage. What did you originally mean and intend for the purpose of this thing that you created for friendship, for finances? And I'm constantly doing that. I'm not a theology uh, whiz. I know many friends who are, and I'm constantly picking their brains, asking Pastor Steve questions in the office when he has a million other things to do. But to constantly be asking ourselves in anything, God, what did you originally intend for this to mean in Scripture? Yeah. And when you created marriage and friendship and finances right. and Great career, question. all these things, what Great did question. you intend, God? Yeah. And funny enough, this might sound a bit strange, but as I was praying and preparing for this message, I felt God take me back to the creation story in Genesis, which I was just re-amazed by. And if you're a Christian in the room, you've probably read the story of how the earth broke into being God created. And so I want to look at that today as we look at the topic of capacity and I preach because I am someone who gets easily distracted. Maybe you can relate. Um, but I want to read it all, okay? So if you've read this story before, I encourage you to look at it with fresh eyes. And even if you need to close your eyes and kind of imagine, what would it have been like to be there? Uh-huh. As God created the world, as his spirit hovered over the waters, and he breathed and created the things and, and the people and, and me and you. And so I'm reading from the New International Version. version I'm going to read all of chapter 1. It was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Wow. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. One of repetitive words here, we notice, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning the second day. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let the dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds, according to their kinds. Am I reading this again? No. And trees bearing fruit and seed in it, according to their kinds, that God saw that it was what? Good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. We're on our third day here. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark the sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights to the vault of the sky to give them light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems that moves about in it, according to their kinds, and every winged bird, according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning on the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that moved along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And lastly, God says, let's make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God's giving human beings authority and dominion over the rest of his creation. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. I'm going to skip the next few verses there. So it tells people to be fruitful, to be multiplied, to increase in number. You have authority, go ahead, people rule and reign over the earth, etc., etc. And then I'm skipping down to the beginning of chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were created in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Wow! I just re repeated some of the same words a hundred times, just like I might say the word capacity a hundred times today. This is the story of God creating the world. Yeah. It is wild. And I really encourage you to go back after today and spend some time in your secret place with Jesus and read this story and, and ask God to highlight things to you. Read it slowly. Imagine yourself being there. Why did God do that? God, how come you did it that way? Ask him questions. Engage with him in a dialogue. I want to go back to the first two verses. This is what is referred to as sometimes pre-creation. So before God began to order and create, it says the earth was, in some translations it says, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it, it was chaos, it was darkness, it, there was nothing there. And then what follows that state of pre-creation is God ordering spaces, time, day and night, the sun and the moon and the stars, and then he fills the earth. I want you to imagine for a moment this story if God didn't first begin with ordering the spaces and the things he created. So in the first three days that we read, he orders time, he separates the ocean from the sky, and then in the second three days, day four, five, and six, he fills the earth. He fills the water with creatures, the sky with birds, the land with living things, and then lastly, the pinnacle of his creation is us, people. But I want you to imagine for a second that God didn't bring order. Uh -huh. That the earth was just smushed with water, and sun and light had no separation, and the creatures were everywhere, and it was just chaos. Maybe God could have done that if he so chose. But I am so fascinated by the way God did this. 
He created separation between the things he created so that they could all operate and coexist together in the world that we now live in. And then on day seven, that stands outside of those patterns, God rests. I love that God created separation. It says he put a vault to separate the ocean from the sky. He actually separated it, and then he separated the land from the ocean. And God gave where he saw fit a capacity to what he created, including you and I, because we are God's creation, right? And all of these things, like I said, he creates, he fills the earth, begin to operate together and coexist in the beautiful rhythms and spaces of God's purposeful and intentionally given capacity. Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let dry ground appear. Uh-huh. <clears throat> I want to ask you a question today that I want you to, again, continue to ask the Holy Spirit even throughout today and as you go home and go about the rest of your week. Am I functioning in my own personal God-given capacity? And why is that even important? Because you'll find that if you're operating outside of your God-given capacity, it kind of just feels like you're going against the grain. That's good. And I'm not saying that means easy, but when you're operating and living your life within your God-given capacity, which is different than the person next to you, there is an ease to your steps. There is a grace mm-hmm. to what you do. Right. So am I functioning within my God-given capacity today in this season right now and you may not know the answer to that but something perhaps you can begin to ask God and here's what we know from the creation story that it's not your boss or your parents or your friends or the person you look up to that creates and gives your capacity it is God and what a cool thing to be able to look back to creation and when God created the earth He gave things capacities. He created separation and boundaries, limitations of max capacity for what something can contain and for what something can produce. So first and foremost, I felt like God showing me this week, like, wow, I am the one who created capacities for the things I created, including you and I. And I think that's really beautiful. And you may even feel today, and I felt like this may be the case, that I must not be functioning within my God-given capacity because my responsibilities and my energy and my schedule and even my passions don't seem to exist in my own personal capacity. I'm not really sure why, or maybe you do. What can you contain? What is your containment, your capacity, and what you can produce. You might feel like you're often even failing or falling short, and it's it's not a good feeling. Uh-huh. And I have felt that many times, and still do often, and you, you want to feel that ease to what you do and how you live, and yeah. be responsible for the time that you steward that we just talked about is so precious, but there may be some people here today, you, you feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not operating in that space, if I'm being honest. I feel like I'm outside of those yeah. personal boundaries on my life for, for whatever reason. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit today wants to realign some things in people's worlds. And those might be some physical things in your schedule 
Or it may even be some beliefs about yourself. Mm -mm. I almost saw this picture of like Tetris blocks. You know, if you don't play very well, they don't really align themselves at the bottom of the screen. There's a lot of awkward shapes. But when you can get them all together, whew, it's like nothing more satisfying than see your Tetris blocks <laughs> aligned at the bottom. And I'm not to say that, that the goal is perfection or getting it always exact. But I do feel like God wants to realign some things in people's worlds, physically, tangibly, in their schedules, but also in some people's minds and beliefs systems. And I also, secondly, really felt like the Holy Spirit wants to realign some people's beliefs around creating. When we're operating outside of our God-given capacities, there's not much room left for us to create. Uh-huh. And I don't mean create in perhaps the way you might think of uh, creating, and maybe that is your reality, maybe you're a painter or you are a, a creative in the more typical sense of the word. But if God, the great creator, the one who created the heavens and the earth and the ocean, and he created separation, he ordered and created, he ordered and created. If God, the great creator, created those things, the one who created you, then did he not create you to also create? Well, I would think so. And perhaps you've been operating outside of your God-given capacity, and there hasn't been any room left in your mind, in your spirit, in your heart, in your schedule to create, to dream, to do those things with God that make you come alive. And I feel like today God wants to realign some things people so that you have actual space to create again. And you don't even know what will come alive in you when you make room for that again. It's amazing. And the beautiful thing is, is creating can be in technology. It can be creating in your family or in outdoors, like in, in the way you teach, in the way you live. Like creating is not limited to these certain things that we envision in our minds. So I want to be careful of the examples that I give, but you know. And if you don't know, begin to ask God, God, I feel like maybe you're stirring this thing inside of me, and I need room to create again. I'm not even too sure what, because there hasn't been room, but God will make room. If you allow him today. So I want to highlight a few practical things, and then I want to give some time at the end here just for um, the Holy Spirit to speak and and, and speak really personally because, like, we just talked about capacities are so personal yeah. to us. So we know, number one, that God is the giver of our capacities, what we can contain and what we can produce. And I think capacity and anointing go hand in hand, right? My friend Ginger is here, and she's a teacher, and she teaches kindergarten. She is so good at it. I'm not in her class every day, but the way she talks about it, the way how excited she gets when she's in the summer planning for the beginning of the school year, God's given her this capacity to love these kids in her classroom. That is an anointing from God. God gave. God orders. Now, if for some reason I ended up in her classroom one day to teach these kindergartens, 
I could maybe, you know, probably get through it. I'm an adult and I have some practical skills, but I can guarantee you my capacity would be here, whereas Ginger's would be here. Not because anyone is better than the other person, because God gives us these personal capacities. Yeah, How beautiful good. to yeah. see somebody else's capacity and to celebrate them, to recognize it, to call it out and say, man, I see that in you. God blessed you, anointed you, yeah, called you. And when you're doing that thing that you love, I think like all of heaven rejoices. Yeah. Her husband Levi is a barber, but he also has this insane patience and ability to walk with people that I do not have. I mean, maybe I should be saying this once thanks to the pastor, but <laughs> his patience to walk with people, and I, I've, I've heard him on the phone, I've been hanging out with Ginger, whatever, talking about things, well, I'll hear the other person in the conversation say something, and I'll be like, oh my gosh, like, figure it out, buddy. And Levi is so kindly with his words, yeah. encouraging them, and saying, you can do it, man, like, I believe in you, and, and please hear me, we all need to have patience and kindness for people, though that's the fruit of the Spirit of God in their life, but he has this capacity to pastor, to walk with people, that I'm not even sure that he knows half the time, because it comes naturally to him. And so there are some things that come naturally to you that may not come naturally to somebody else. Yeah. Why? Because God gives us yeah. our capacities. Well, it's beautiful, and I could go down the list of so many people, but why don't you this week think of some people in your world and say, wow, man, I see the capacity that my boss has to do this, or my neighbor has for whatever, the way she creates or the way she does or the way she loves and call it out in people. Yeah. People don't know. And we often think it, but we don't, for some reason, myself included, say it aloud. Yeah. David in the Bible was a shepherd boy who had all these other brothers who could have been king, who perhaps would have been more suited and has tended the sheep for some odd reason Everyone else was not the choice because God gave him the capacity to be king. He didn't fight for it. He didn't knock down doors himself. He didn't push his way through or manipulate circumstances. God decided that he wanted David to be king, and that was what happened. Because God gave. God gave him a capacity. And read the Bible. Look at the stories of people. Once again, it doesn't mean they got it perfect. Far from. But God anointed them. He called them. He created a space for them to operate and live life in that capacity. It's honestly incredible. And it is so easy to spend our lives wishing that we had somebody else's capacity. Yeah. Gosh, what a sad thing. What a sad thing. And that's what the enemy would love Yep. for you to focus on and spend your time on is why aren't I more like that person? Why can't I do like that person? But God gave. And maybe you need to ask him today. I'm not even really sure for me what that means or what my capacity is. But I promise you, he'll show you. And like David was faithful in the season he was in and with the sheep he was taking care of, he was just faithful. And God began to show him what he was called to and what his capacity was. God will show you. Yeah. 
It's amazing. There's so many stories in the Bible and in the people in my world, and I'm sure in your world too, that you can think of different examples. But number two, our capacities can change and do change seasonally. In different seasons of our life, I uh, apologize. <laughs> Colin is the tidal wave of pollen that has struck the earth is really getting to me, so I'm sniffling a lot. Our capacities change seasonally, both practically and in our hearts and emotions. You always see your parents say, well, a few kids, and I don't have any kids, but man, I, I, I didn't think I had any more room in my heart for another kid after I had my first kid, right? If you're a parent in the room, I'm sure you can understand, but yeah. man, as soon as I had a second kid, I just, I had more room somehow to give, and I think of Pastor B and Stephen, and you know, practically, I think for Pastor Rick, you know, there's, her capacity may have gotten smaller for some things, i.e., maybe she couldn't just go and paint her nails for six hours a day when she had her first kid and have all this amount of personal time that she had before. But then on the other hand, when Cohen was born, their second kid, I'm sure Pastor Stephen and Pastor Rick would agree that God just increased their capacity, that they didn't yeah. know there could be that much love in their heart to give. Yeah, Why? Because God gave. Uh-huh. God gave them the capacity to love these two kids that he's entrusted them with. Uh-huh. Do you know that what God calls you to, what he puts in your hand, the doors that he opens that God gives, he will give you the grace, he will give you the love, the sufficiency to see that thing through, to care for those children. For me, some of you have heard me say this before. I never had a desire to do youth ministry, like for serious, zero. And I remember when they were looking for a youth pastor, I told my friend Melissa and that they had asked me to consider it, and we both started laughing. Like, no, I'm not joking. And not because I don't find youth ministry valuable. I have teenage siblings, and I love them, but beyond that... I kind of find teenagers annoying. Like, they're just annoying. They, they, they do a lot of annoying things. And so out of sheer obedience, I said yes. And when I tell you that God has increased my capacity, yeah. I sometimes, like, I can't talk about you, but Frank. See, because God's called me to this thing, and I know yeah. that. And I'm not saying that I don't have difficult days and moments, because I do, Adriana would know, like, there are really tough moments. Here's why I push through, because I know God's called me to this thing, okay? If God hadn't called me, and you know that feeling when you say yes to something and God hasn't called you there, and that's okay. Like, God can can and will redirect you, so God's plan for your life isn't as linear as we sometimes think it to be, but God's given me this capacity where sometimes I just look at these teenagers and I am, like, overcome Uh with how much I love them because because God gave me a capacity. Yeah, that's right. Like, are you with me? When God gives, he gives. He gives you the capacity to love, the capacity to to care. You will make so many mistakes. You will fail. You'll mess up. You'll get it wrong. You'll feel like quitting sometimes. But when 
by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he has done. This is a whole other topic that we could get into. But I just want, I have to include that today. Is rest apart. It's great of your seven-day rhythms of life. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to you today, rearranging some things in your world, in your mind, your commitments, the thing that you're like, yeah. Well, that's the cost you pay then. What are you willing to sacrifice? Oh, but I can't, I don't have money, but I don't work this many days. Well, that is trusting in you more than trusting in God. That's right. Why don't you stand with me in the room? And let's all close our eyes together. I touched on a few different things here this morning. And I just encourage you, even in this moment, to ask the Holy Spirit for yourself personally. God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me? Am I operating and functioning in my personal, God-given capacity? Is rest a part of the rhythms of my life and my schedule? What season am I in? God, is there something that I'm doing now that I've carried it from a previous season that you've asked me to let go? Or have you asked me to say yes to something that you called me to, but I've said no out of fear or feeling inadequate? God need to realign some beliefs in your heart and spirit this morning. Maybe God's called you to speak, to lead, to commit to something, and you're scared because you don't feel like you have what it takes. Let me remind you today, God gives. God gives. He orders and he gives. You don't have to look to the left or to the right. You only have to look to heaven. You only have to look to Jesus. And let me tell you, when he calls you, he will give you the grace to sustain, the grace to carry something through to the finish. He'll give you the grace to let things go. He'll give you the grace and the courage to pick things up. What season are you in? What has God called you to? Are you operating in your God-given capacity? And for some of you in the room today, you haven't had space to create. Your heart hasn't felt lit up or excited or passionate for a long time. For whatever reason, and, and hear me, some of these things may be outside of your control, so I don't, it's not about blame. The Holy Spirit, I... like there's nothing in me that has room, time, or space, or the ability to create, but I want to. I want there to be room. So Holy Spirit, would you make room? Show me where I need to make room today. So if any of those areas, anything that you feel like the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you today, 
rushing outside of my God-given capacity. Why don't you just put your hands up and start to heal? Ask him what he has to say. So Jesus, today we put our focus, our attention on you. We don't want to make excuses anymore. We don't want to be deep living in yesterday's or last month or last year's season of life. We want to be here and now with you. God, I thank you for the creation story that as you created and breathed breath onto the earth and separated the sea from the land, you put stars and moon and sun in the sky, and you gave everything its place and order capacities. You did that so intentionally. You never asked the ocean to be the sky. You never asked the land to be the ocean. But they all have a place and a purpose, and they function together with you. Just like you gave us, people, your most beloved children, your sons and daughters, capacity. So God, today I ask, even right now, Holy Spirit, in this moment, that you would highlight things to people in their world. God, I even see things now, God, you're realigning things, like those Tetris cubes that are being put in different places. God, today I think, I know there are going to be people who walk out of this place with a new ease to their step, practical things that they can change and adjust by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I thank you also for the people in the room today who haven't had space to create and to dream with you. God, right now would you make room. God, right now would you make room. Would you break off lies? Would you break off wrong beliefs about what, who we are and what we bring to the table? I thank you, Jesus, that you are the great giver of our capacities, of our gifts, of our personalities. And so we align our hearts with yours today. But I thank you that you're going to continue to minister to people here as they go about their days and their weeks. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.